Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Let me read you a quote uh, from R.A. Torrey, and it says, Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. We all need grace, and we all want His power, the dunamis, the miracle-working power of God. See, I believe that miracles are still for today. See, a lot of people don't believe that. They think that was something that was relegated to the past. It doesn't happen now. Miracles happen today. Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at our disposable and ha- uh, disposable disposal. Why is that? It's through prayer. It's through this plan that God has for the church to get to the earth through prayer. It's a channel. And we talk to God, and God sends answers. God brings forth answers. But one man of God said, It seems like God will do nothing except the church would pray. If we go back to the book of Acts, and we go over there, and we see what was happening in the book of Acts. I remember when I read the book of Acts for the first time with my eyes open, And as I read that, I saw what Jesus was doing through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, of which we are a part of the church. We're the local church. But there, uh, when the church was birthed in the book of Acts, you read that. And those people were full of the Holy Spirit. They had power in their lives. They were not dead. They were not powerless. They were not going about unequipped. They were equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were a witness to the power of God. And tremendous things were happening. And you know, the thing about it is, you you remember in the book of Acts how they gathered together in the upper room. You know, Jesus told them to go to the upper room and wait until the promise of the Spirit came. And that's when the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened there that day. And they prayed for 10 days. Can you imagine that? Sometimes we, if we pray 10 minutes, we are thinking, my goodness, we got to hurry. You know, but they prayed for 10 days. 120 of those people prayed for 10 days. And they came out of that place. And Peter preached for 10 minutes. And 3,000 souls were born again. That's the church. And that's what God wants to happen in this local church. And as we pray and we understand the power of prayer and how that when we talk to our Father, who is the Heavenly Father, who is the God Almighty, when we pray to Him, things begin to happen and things begin to change. You know, you read in the book of Acts and what happens, a jailhouse was opened up. When people began to praise, and you know, now, if you've been here the last 
weeks, you know, as we've been praying and meeting together, have you noticed that there's a lot of praise and worship and singing in the spirit? Do you do you think we're off track and we're not on cue for what the Holy Spirit? That's a form of prayer. And through the singing in the spirit and through the praise and through the worship, God is pulling back the curtains and he's allowing the heavenlies to be opened to pour forth what is needed and necessary in this place, in your life, in your family, and in the body life of this church and in our uh, for our purpose and the things that God has called us to do. So don't think that when we're doing that, well, we, we just need to pray. We are praying. That is praying. It's a form of prayer. Read the Bible. When you're talking to God, aren't you? You're worshiping Him. You're exalting Him. And so it is a form of prayer. But in the early church, great things happened when the people of God got together and prayed. And so we have to be people who understand the importance. And when we say it's time to pray, we don't run. Now, I talked to you last week about harvest hands. Do you remember that? And harvest hands have to do with Matthew 9, 35. Uh, and Jesus went and he taught and he preached and, and he began to heal people of physical diseases and uh, brokenness, people that had lots of needs in their lives. And he was moved, the Bible said, with compassion. And we talked about how today Jesus has given us that example and we're to uh, operate and function as a Christian in this same compassion that Jesus had. You know, I tell you, let me tell you one way you can tell if you're functioning in compassion or not. Well, bless God, if they hadn't done that, it wouldn't have come on them. Well, that's not compassion. And it may be every bit true because we certainly all open ourselves up for things to happen to us. But compassion says Jesus is here to help you in your brokenness. Jesus is here to help you in your physical body. Jesus is here to deliver you from evil spirits. I tell you, if evil spirits have... They're working overtime today in the lives of people and moving, I mean, uh, through, through the land and, and Knoxville is not left out and people in this church are not left out. He is moving, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus is more powerful in you and me as his church to overpower the kingdom of darkness. Light is greater than darkness. Jesus lives on the inside of you and he's greater than any bondage that the enemy puts on you, anything that he tries to hold you with. Have you ever seen a time the drug problems that we have in this nation? People are addicted. And, and you know, as we uh, probably are here tonight thinking about it, you've got someone probably in your family, someone you know that might be close to you, and they're dealing with things like that. But I want to tell you that Jesus sets the captives free. People that are oppressed of the devil, and even in some cases possessed by the devil when it comes to drugs, Jesus will set them free. I loved what I, I read about 
your bio, and it said when you got saved, you were been on drugs, but you got saved and instantly you were delivered from it when you accepted Jesus. That's the kind of thing that God wants to do today. And so when we talk about harvest hands, that's what we mean. Go into the harvest field, you and me, and set captives free. Heal the sick. Take the gospel, the good news that Jesus is the Savior. You don't have to go to hell. He'll deliver you right where you are. Now, you remember I've told this story before, but it's just you would have had to be there to just see how amazing that it was. But this was probably in 1977, and Eddie and I were leading a youth group in our church. No one else was working with those young people when we came into that church, and we saw a real need there. So we went to the pastor, and we were pretty young. We were probably like, I don't know, 22 or whatever. I was 22. Maybe he was 24. But the the thing about it was we went to the pastor, and we told him, we said, we see that nobody is really ministering to the young people, and we'll do that. Now, were we ministers? Absolutely not. Were we teachers? Absolutely not. You know what we were? We were people who loved God and who whatever we could do to help people. We could read the Bible and we could help those kids point them to Jesus and receive what the Lord had for them. Okay? And so we went to him and he said, yeah, that's great. Go ahead and do that. Okay, so we started having a a little class in the basement of that church on Monday nights. And, uh, you know, one week I would teach, one week Eddie would teach because he was on the fire department and through that time he'd be working. So I would do one class, he would do another. And we took those kids through that. Then we had all-night prayer meetings. And I'm telling you, we saw miracles. I want to tell you, and I, I didn't tell you this. It was a Baptist church. It was a Baptist church. I'm telling you, every week kids were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Their parents were hearing about everything that was going on and they wanted to start coming into the Monday night meetings. Well, obviously they couldn't because this was for teenagers. Okay, so, but I mean, they were try to get around and see what was happening and see how they could be a part of it. Why? Because it was it was powerful. God was moving. He was stirring. Well, one night in this Monday night meeting, our pastor called us that day and he said, okay, tonight I'm going to bring somebody into your meeting and I want you to help me. This boy needs help. I want you to help me and I want those kids to be a part of this. And so we said, okay, you know, we'll do it. Well, we, we get in there, we gather, and, you know, we start going through our lesson and doing the things that we do, and all of a sudden the doors swing open and the pastor comes in. And in between the pastor and this young boy's mother, the young boy was having to be drugged in because he was in such a shape. He was high on paint, And he had paint matted in his hair all over his clothes. I mean, he looked like the madman of Gadara, okay? And we all just go, what? You want us, Lord, to to minister to this young man? 
And yes, he did. The Lord wanted us to minister to him. And I'm telling you, Jesus did a work in that young boy's life that night. And we saw him go from being an absolute mess to get his life lined up and lined out. Now, I don't know where he is today, and I don't know what's going on in his life, but I'm telling you, I, it wouldn't be long he would have been in the grave. He was an absolute mess. But Jesus comes to set the captive free. How does he set the captive free? It's not going to be by a visitation in the nighttime, most likely. That's not how it's coming. Now, I won't say that that's never happened, but I'm going to say most of the time, that is not the way it happens. It happens because people have harvest hands. And, you know, I got those words from, you know, Matthew 9 out of the Message Bible. It said, quick, on your knees, harvest hands. And see, we're to take these harvest hands going into the harvest field and minister deliverance to the captive. We're talking about the drugs, you know, in this hour and this day. And then I want you to look what the states are doing. What are they doing? They're, uh, uh, they're saying marijuana, you know, we approve for marijuana to be legal in our state. See, we're moving toward it, folks. It doesn't matter what, what we think. We're moving toward it right now. We're moving toward the return of Jesus. And this earth is going to be such a mess. And in the middle of that, up with your harvest hands. And you reach out and touch those people around you that you can. You say, well, I, you know, I just don't have the personality for that. Well, I'm going to tell you something, okay? Number one, that is a lie. Number two, you need to determine, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible said you've been endued with power from on high. And that power gives you the ability to be a witness so there's witnessing power in you to what Jesus has done for you and what he'll do for someone else. So you have to ask yourself those two questions. The devil will try to lie to you and tell you, you can't minister to anybody. Look at your life. Look what, where you've been. Are you redeemed? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus? Are your sins forgiven and under the blood? Then there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And you just tell that old devil, go in Jesus' name. You remember the story Smith Wigglesworth about the little dog that followed his master? You know, followed him out of the house, and you know the the man said, "Now get back, go on. You got to get back to the house." And the dog didn't do anything. He said, "Now go on. You got to get back to the house. You got to go, 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 go." And still nothing. The little dog wouldn't do anything. And all of a sudden, he stomped his foot, and he said, "Get!" And I tell you, that's what we need to do with the devil. Not just play around and be kind to him. Tell him to get out of your life. Tell him to get away. Get out of your home. Get away from your possessions. Whatever. See, I, I feel strongly about this because this is the way I live. And this is the way the Bible tells us to live, not to play around and coddle things that the enemy brings to you. You deal with it. That's what the Bible says. Cast out the devil. That means deal with him. 
You don't go looking for the devil, but when you find him, you deal with him. You don't turn your head and act like he's not there. Oh, la, 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 la. That will do no good because he'll just come in greater and stronger in your life. You got to do something. And see, you have the power on the inside of you to do something. You have the power on the inside. I want somebody in this room to get it. I want you to go out of here tomorrow, and I want to see miracles happen through your hands, through these harvest hands. We need a miracle in our life. Sure, we, you know, there are times we need it. But we don't need to be thinking about only ourselves. We need to be thinking about how we can make a difference in this world. And as we pray tonight, those, those are the kinds of things that we are considering. How that we can make a difference. How the, the power and of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us, how that we can touch our world and touch the people around us. See, everybody has a world. You have a world around you that is different than my world and vice versa. Your influence, your sphere of influence is different than mine. But I'm determined I am not going to live and die and just say, Nora was upon the earth. No, I want it to be said that I kicked the devil in the teeth and I proclaimed Jesus and people were ministered to and they were touched and they were delivered by the power of God. Well, I want the same thing for you too. Not just for me. We want it for this church. All the time, all the time, we need to have those eyes to look, Lord, is there someone here you want me to touch? Is there someone here you want me to say a word to? Is there someone here that you want me to pray for? And then you will be amazed at what God does through you. Not through someone else, through you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.